This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. It's our mission and our job to help you uncover or perhaps expose those things that are taken away from your best health. Our guest today is none other than Mamika Cooney, and I've got a bio here for her. Uh, she is quite the impressive soul, I got to tell you. She's a motivational speaker. She's an author. I believe she's working on her ninth book. Yes, you heard that correctly. She's a mentor. She's hopes of the Mamika TV podcast. The Huffington Post, as we've all heard, nominated her as one of the 50 women entrepreneurs to follow in 2017. It doesn't matter what year that is. If you get put on that list, you are someone special. Podcasting Magazine has nominated her amongst the top 50 moms in podcasting in 2020, the year that, as we know, was uh, the year of infamy. She's an international award-winning photographer from her 15 years spent running a portrait photography studio. She's passionate, and I know this from talking to her, about empowering and equipping Christians to unlock their personal potential and become the leaders as they were born to be. She's a certified John Maxwell speaker, a trainer, consultant, and coach. She's licensed to facilitate this world-renowned leadership training everywhere. She has quite a childhood story that we'll talk about a little bit, but it's allowed her to be passionate and compassionate about where she is today in the world. She loves honest conversations. She's going to lay it on us today in the South African accent with no holds barred, holding nothing back. And as you'll see, she is passionate. Mamika, thank you for joining us. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. Mark. I'm so excited to be here. I always cringe when people read my bio, kind of like, oh, you know, really? Because that, that'll go into the story that I'll get into later about the whole people-pleasing thing. But yes, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm just honored to be here and to be able to share my story where the Lord's given me an opportunity to be on a platform that I can actually share empowerment, as you mentioned, that, uh, yeah. something I'm super excited about in helping others be the best that they can be. It's awesome because you mentioned something about that people pleasing and I, and I want to kind of start right there if you're okay with it because I like to use the term yesaholic. Does does that That's mean a good one. yesaholic? Yesaholic. Yes. Being a yesaholic is one of those, you know, uh people pleasing syndromes where we're always so worried about what everybody thinks and we're so concerned, you know, is it going to make them happy? But here's the thing, you can't keep and make any everybody happy all the time. Something somebody's going to get upset sometime. And if you if you come from the school of thought that I was raised in, that you've got to be perfect and you've got to have it all that all together and you've got to act like you have it all together even when you're freaking out inside and, you know, just make sure that you say yes to everything does not result in a good. Because at the end of the day, when you say yes to everyone else, you say no to yourself. And I unfortunately had the experience of um, experiencing physical burnout where I couldn't get out of bed for three months because I had pushed myself beyond my limits coupled with the fact that I had had a very emotional year where I had a, a business failure very soon after I had a, a one of my uh, my kids went through severe mental health issues where we had to intervene. Um, and then I lost my mother-in-law from cancer. So talk about, you know, a, a triple storm. It just piled on and piled on. But, I, you know, I wasn't watching the signs. I'm not very good at uh, <laughs> taking directions when I'm on. I have My husband says I have two gears. I'm either full blast at 100 miles an hour 
or I'm completely full stop and I'm laid out on the bed. And that's not exactly my uh, idea of balance. So I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. I have given up my uh, membership to Control Freaks Anonymous and I'm relearning new skills. So, yes, I, I definitely know what that's all about when you're running on on fumes and you, you just keep going, especially when you're in leadership and you have people looking to you for advice or knowledge and they expect the leaders to have it all together. And unfortunately, leaders are the ones who struggle too, but we just, it's almost like they don't want to feel like they can share their burdens because it all almost makes them weak. So we keep this facade, like everything's fine up here, but we like scrambling like crazy underneath. Um, so yes, I definitely say, uh, you know, being a people pleaser, it's a very difficult place because it's really hard to keep up with that all. But if we can switch our thinking from being people-pleasing to be God-pleasing and just staying focused on what he wants us to do, um, that's really where success comes. Mamika, why did you say yes all the time? Can you go into that? Because I'm like a lot of people struggle with that. They feel like they, they ought to, they should, and they feel like saying no is a bad thing. And we fall into that addiction, if you will. Why did you say yes, if you can share that? So a lot of our uh, people-pleasing habits comes from, I always believe we all have some junk in our trunk from our, our childhood, right? And for me, my story goes where I grew up in South Africa with an entrepreneurial father, and there was a lot of volatile anger issues and fear. So I only learned how to function in fear. Eventually, my parents got divorced when I was 10. And for me, it was all that, you know, look at me. Am I doing great? Does, does, does mom and dad love me? Look at me. I'm performing. And I also did... Um, classical ballet trainer since I was three so for me I've always been in that performance mode you know you've always got to be pull it together and you know straight back and arms and smile no matter how you're feeling push through the pain um, I do believe that it is important to embrace the pain and because that's part of the process but for some of us it triggers something in us that gets stuck it's almost like a stuck record that no matter what emotions you feel as a child they continue to follow us as adults because what I've realized is that emotions don't have an expiry date. So if you happen to be rejected when you're younger or, you know, there were you had daddy issues or you had, and, and coupled with that, when I was 13, I was severely um, uh, bullied physically. So I had that um, uh, traumatic experience which followed me. So I kept thinking, you know, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Kept trying this and trying, thought, well, this must be what I'm doing and maybe with the way I look and the way I talk and things like that are skills and gifts that God gives us, for instance, being chatty, as you can tell, I love to talk. But I was always told, oh, shut up, shut up. You're so bossy. You talk so much. And eventually you start to try to please everybody around you. You start to be less of yourself. So for me, a lot of my people pleasing came from growing up with a, with a root of rejection. And here's the thing. You can be eight or 80. If you haven't dealt with those roots that have been implanted in you way back when, they will keep producing fruit that you might not necessarily like. Then eventually what happens is we try going to maintenance mode and we try cut off a tree here and prune a branch here and we'll pull off a, off, a, off a fruit here. But if that tree was rooted in rejection or fear or anxiety or or anger or whatever it was, that's, it's going to keep growing. So that's why I believe in God is the ultimate gardener. He knows how to garden, how to help us to plow the soil to become good soil. So we plant good seeds so then he's, we can be watered and get the sunshine we need from his word and eventually grow up to be trees that provide fruit and shelter to other people. And that's why I feel so passionate about, you know, for so many years I got stuck on this 
me, 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 myself and I, and I'm a, you know, I wanted to be the perfect soloist and, you know, forget about being in a symphony. I want to just be the soloist that could have it all together and because I, I, could, I, could, I could control. And that's really what kind of comes down to is when you have in a, an environment where you feel you have lack of control, like even when you're a child of mom and dad are fighting and you feel like I can't do anything about this. Some of us make that promise to ourselves and a vow to ourselves that I will never let anybody make me feel like this again. And that is a vow, which is, you know, God takes very seriously that eventually we make with ourselves that no matter what, we are going to make this thing happen, which is a lot of what we see in, you know, society, you know, you know high achieving uh, millionaires and billionaires and, and, and celebrities. We always wonder, you know, they, they achieve so much, yet they're the most broken because a lot of the time they're trying to prove themselves to everybody else or trying to please everyone around them, especially, you know, you know actors and, and all that. They, they, they've been trained to perform. So if you're not performing, you're not getting paid. So it's just this never-ending cycle. But for us, you know, who aren't in the public eye, but have to deal with life on an everyday basis, if that seed of, of performance and perfection and people-pleasing isn't dealt with, it'll just repeat itself again and again and again. So that's why I'm so passionate about helping people walk through the process of uncovering and doing a work of inner healing, of inviting God into the situation and saying, God, what are those hidden areas that maybe I didn't even realize I had that I, maybe when I was six, something happened and I, you know, I shut down emotionally. And, and that's the thing is I feel in order for us to become victorious, we have to renew our minds. And what that means is we have to think differently. So what input are we putting in there? Because I can guarantee you, most people have a voice going on in their head and and sometimes if you had to record what was going on in your head, you probably would never speak to somebody like that. Oh, well, that was lame. Oh, what an idiot. Like, oh, my gosh, no one's going to like you and that. Like, what a mean girl. Like, hello. <laughs> Be quiet. You know, I've learned that it's, I don't have to listen to her. You know, I call her Miss Biachi. You know, she just needs to shush sometimes because she ain't going to rule my life. So it is it really, and I, that's what I would love to highlight to everybody today is that if you're seeing the fruits of, of things in your life that you're not happy with, let this be an invitation for you to look a little deeper, to ask God to come in and to highlight those areas. But it is a caveat, I will say. It doesn't come without a little bit of pain because without the pain, you know, even as a gardener, if you physically, if you have to uproot weeds, you're, not, you're going to be sweating a bit and it's going to be hard work. It's not necessarily going to be easy because if the, especially if the roots have been there for a long time. But let me invite you and say it's worth, well worth the process because once you've de-weed your garden, all those fruits and trees and flowers that are there to grow and provide shelter and food and beauty to others will be far stronger and for, far more long lasting. That's so good and so beautiful and so appropriate for today. And, and, and obviously you've done the work. Uh, you've uh, grown through that. And now you've got rid of the root of rejection that's bearing bad sea, uh, bad plants, bad fruit, etc. With that said, and I want you to kind of help people with this from a forecasting point of view, if you will. If you don't get the root of rejection dealt with, if you don't get that pulled out, two questions for you. What happens with people that you see and you work with? And then the other question is, where do you think you would be right now if you didn't have, if you hadn't have dealt with it? Well, that's a, that's a two prong question. So, Really, if, if we don't deal with the root of rejection, you'll have either one of two things. is people will either implode and get very angry and then anger creates depression. And we have all, I believe is also why we have a big issue with mental health these days is because of those hidden roots 
We like to, you know, hide things under the carpet, especially in family relationships and dynamics. Like I, I meet and work with a lot of adults who still have issues with their parents, even though their parents are in their 80s because of either abuse or, ver- you know, not feeling loved or rejection or or, or whatever it is. And sometimes it doesn't have to be as serious as, as abuse, but it, it can feel like that. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that, you know, God and his graciousness loves us just like a good father would. And, and it's hard for us, for those who've grown up in an environment where maybe we didn't have a great example of a father who was good and who was kind and who was loving. So a lot of the time we have to do a little bit more hard work and, and really uncovering who God is and how he made us to be. Because here's the thing, I could totally tell if I hadn't had a, you know, the, what I call a huge wake up call when I had um, to deal with those life where God's like, listen, you have to deal with this, whether you like it or not. Denial is no longer an option. Mm-hmm. Things have come to a head physically, your body. And this is the thing is. I really believe disease is dis-ease because we are made up of three parts. We are a spirit where God resides in Jesus and the Holy Spirit when we become saved. And then we have a soul and the soul is often ignored. It's the mind, the will and the emotions. And this is the area we need to be dealt with because once it gets through to our body, that's when disease shows up. So, you know, just physical being ill when your body is run down it's saying hello i can't handle this mental emotional strain i'm going through i mean you know if you feel anxious you get sweaty palms you get your stomach gets tight you might get a headache you feel nauseous your body's saying hello somebody pay attention to me so that's why i'm a big proponent of you know not just popping the pill i'm not saying don't take your medication what i'm saying is the approach to fixing problems isn't to placate them or hide them or mask them we really need to address like if you put your hand on a hot fire your body's response is going to tell you, take your hand off of there, it's hot, it's hurting. But what we've done in modern society, we've created entertainment, we've created apps, we've created phones, we've created everything to distract us from dealing dealing with the important things. It's almost like people are uncomfortable with their own company and they're uncomfortable with the silence, like being silent and thinking, why am I thinking like this? Why am I feeling like this? If I'm feeling anxious, instead of me just placating it with food or or drinking or whatever it is, you know, even for me, my addiction, as, you, as we mentioned earlier, was performance. It was like, how can I do something? Let me do, 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 do. If I wasn't working and being a workaholic, I didn't feel I was being effective enough because I didn't want to stop and smell the roses and realize I needed to make a change. So I would not advise people do that because the trajectory alternatively would have been, if I continued down that path, I would have been distracting myself as well as those around me. And I can tell you when, you know, I always believe that the man is the head of the home, but the woman is the heart. If her heart is broken, it affects everybody. The children, even the pets in the family are going to pick up mom's mom's moods. So if her heart is broken and she's bringing brokenness from her past, I can guarantee you they're going to be really d- difficult relationships um, with families. And this is what's so sad is how, Things get perpetuated from one generation to another is we have brokenness in one generation and then the next generation doesn't want to deal with it. And then it just gets habits and the culture within a family get passed down and down and down. And eventually the cycle continues. So let me let me invite everybody today that this is your opportunity to stop the cycle. If you're in a family, whether it comes from generational curses and that's a whole nother story. But if you have something in your family, in your life and you realize this is something that, you know, wants to change, let allow yourself to be the advocate raise your hand and say yes god i want to stop this help me fix this for myself and my family because this is what i really realized in the crazy year that we've all lived through in 2020 2020 gives us 
uh, hindsight, right, and and insights. And even though we've had the crazies of the world, what I've I have what I'm excited about is that people are finally stopping to breathe and to think and to reassess and to look at this. And you know what? I've been doing this. I've been like, for example, a, a husband been commuting to work every day, an hour, an hour and a half every way, never seeing his kids, and all of a sudden he's been forced to work from home. And all of a sudden he goes, you know what? I can work from home. I don't need to be traveling anymore. The necessity. You know, it's like it breeds creativity. So I'm excited about how because the world has been forced to slow down, hashtag the rat race has been canceled, hooray, finally, we can actually get off that bandwagon and start to think, you know, is this how I'm meant to be? Is this what God designed me for? Maybe I'm in the wrong situation or the wrong place, the wrong job or the wrong uh, wrong life or the wrong time. Like sometimes we can, we can try fight and pretend that things aren't right. But by allowing God to realign us into our purpose, saying this is what I designed you, you to be. Stop worrying about Susie Q and what she's doing with her business because she made money doing that. doesn't mean you can by copying her tactics. Yeah. What has God got for you? And stop trying to please the world. Focus on what God has for you. Put those blinders on. And I'm telling you, I'm preaching to the choir because this is something I have to deal with all the time. And I'm not to say I have this handled. I have to remind myself daily because I know it's one of my weaknesses is that if I don't remind myself, what has God got for me today? Is this for me? And that's when you realize you can shift from a scarcity to an abundance mindset. When you're in scarcity, you think that all the opportunities are going to be gone tomorrow if you don't take them up or if you don't do this and someone else is going to steal your idea or someone else is going to get that opportunity you feel you deserve. That's a scarcity mindset. And that's not how God wants us to function. He wants us to function from an abundance mindset. So we, when we see Susie Q doing well in a business, you can applaud her and say, oh, that's so awesome. I'm so excited for her. That, that's going to motivate me to want to do better for myself. So that's why I'm super passionate about what I do and excited because I've seen the transformation in shifting people's thinking and helping them to really understand. I kind of think of taking the blinders off. I'm great in helping people to peel the layers back, to understand what is the core of who God made me to be and where does God need me? Because here's another thing. You know, as adults, we, we we get more mature, but sometimes we can still behave in a very immature manner. If you think about a five-year-old who meets Santa, you know, he sits on his lap, Santa, I want this, and I want a car, and I want a Barbie doll, and, da, 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 da. and that's often how we approach our relationship with God, is we come to him with a Christmas list. And then we get disappointed on Christmas Day when things don't arrive as planned, and then we feel sorry for ourselves. But God isn't like that. He wants us to partner with him, because we are meant to be an army. We are meant to be going out there to help others. And if we're so worried about our own little list and what we didn't get, and how we wanted our prayers answered, we get stuck. So again, you know, it all comes down to who are we who are we pleasing? Who are we focused on? And who do we want to make happy? And at the end of the day, once we shift that focus and say, God, I know you have more than enough for me. That doesn't matter what everyone else is doing around me. Sometimes it's their time. Sometimes they've put in 10 or 20 years of hard work to get their success. There's no point in me being, you know, jealous of that and and feeling woe is me and having a pity party because I don't feel like it's working for me. When we shift into that abundance and knowing that God has more than enough for me and in, in, the, in his timing, because remember, God's the ultimate gardener, just like we look outside and we see the seasons. If you're in a, in a winter season and it feels like there's no growth and the ground is hard and it feels like this, it's dry and it's arid and a lot of people are like, God, give me the first get out of jail card. And I can tell you, the winter season is actually when the most most growth happens. 
Because if you think about when you plant a seed, first of all, you've got to toil the soil, which can be hard and getting those rocks out. And, you know, we get all those bad roots out. Then we plant the new seed, but we don't see it, see the growth immediately. Germination happens in the dark and it's mm. dirty and it's like cold and nobody knows what's going on. But at the right time when the season changes and the timing is right, God says, okay, now it's time for you to break through. You are strong enough. You have the roots that are rooted in God. You know exactly where you need to be. You're in the right garden patch, and then you can start to grow. Then eventually that, 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 that crop will extend past and get so much further because God is a God of multiplicity. He doesn't believe in us gaining and doing things for ourselves. Just think about how Jesus was. Like, you know, the, with the whole story of the loaves and fishes, it, it's, it's great how, you know, the whole a lot of people know the story as faith. But for me, I see it how God looks at it and he says, I believe in your little things. I believe in your small beginnings. You just give it to me. And together, we can multiply it. So that's why I'm so excited about helping people refocus themselves, realign themselves, and, and say, God, you know, what have you got for me? Let me partner with you because it's much easier to partner with you than to try to do it on myself off, off way over there where I'm not even meant to be, that we become more effective and a much, much more productive for what he wants us to do in our lives. That is, like, so good. And, and folks, I hope that you're – listening to this and I'm telling you right now, you're going to have to go back and listen again and take some notes because those were uh, uh, to, to tag on to the guard. Those were seeds of wisdom, seeds of experience. And I have seen it. And I, I think you'll agree with this. And then I want you to talk about this number nine book, Mamika. Uh, I have seen this in the clinic along with my wife that the majority of manifestations of physical diseases are rooted in spiritual and emotional brokenness. And when we get behind that, just mysteriously, but also, as we know, predictably, the physical disease manifestations resolve themselves because most of the time our roots of brokenness yield crops of illness. And, and that's a sad reality, but I hope people really get this. And you, you obviously uh, exude with great passion. And I love this. I'm so honored to be uh, acquainted with you and to call you at this point, friend, because you are truly a gift to this world. And with that said, you've written eight books. You're working on number nine. So here we are in 2021 early. Tell us about book number nine. What's it called? What's it about? Well, I'm so excited to have the opportunity where I can do the things I love. Because back when I was a kid, um, I always loved, uh, I loved writing and I had my little journal and, you know, dear diary, and I'd write all those things. Out. And I never thought for one moment that I could actually do these things as an adult. And again, you know, bringing the people pleasing thing, I just did things and ended up in marketing and business, which I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm happy about. But I still didn't have that connection to what I wanted to do. So fast forward all these years, uh, after I experienced that really difficult time with my family where, you know, I had the physical burnout, I'd realized that I was going through something that needed time. And during that process, I've reverted back to my old habits of journaling because I'm always, I like to process things through writing. So as I was going through these things, you know, dealing with the, the grief and, um, you know, the anxiety and all these things. As I was journeying, then God was saying, you know, you are in the process of writing a book. And I was like, what? Say what? What are you talking about? No one's meant to see this. This is nasty. I don't want anyone to see this. Like, you know. 
And eventually I realized, he said, I didn't put, I didn't, uh, well, let me rephrase it. I didn't go through this for, for no reason, not to say that God caused the pain. He can use it. He says, this can be great fruit for other people to help them through the same thing. And that's what I realized that it hit me like a, like a ton of bricks the one day that writing and sharing testimony and story has power because it says in the word, there's power in our testimony in the blood of the lamb. And which means that when we share with others, how God has helped us through a, a situation and empowers them to take the steps that they need to get unstuck and to move towards their blessing. So through that process, you know, I'd realized I was writing a book. So I had um, previously written a more how-to marketing books in the business space. But really in 2016, I felt the Lord was calling me to share my story. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, I fought this. I didn't really want to do this. <laughs> this is scary. Why do I want to do this? But I'd realized it wasn't about me. It was about the people that I was meant to help. So I published the book and soon after published a smaller book called Mindset Makeover, uh, how to renew your mind and walk in God's authority. The first one was Warrior to Warrior, a mother's journey from fear to faith, which is really my story of walking through this dark period, going through what the, some people call the deep, the dark night of the soul, working through that inner healing process and allowing God to walk me through step by step, you know, everything from fear and anxiety, pride, depression, you know, people pleasing, rejection, and really looking at it from a scriptural perspective. And since then, you know, like I say, um, you know, once the, the bug bites and you you realize how important books are and when you, you get onto this, and now that I've got my system down, I can actually write them much quicker. So right now I'm writing, I'm in the draft process of writing my book number nine, which is called Heart of a Champion, How Ordinary People Achieve the Extraordinary with God. And the reason why I'm excited about this is it really empowers people to realize that they don't have to be super special. If you just think about it, we think about the, the characters in the Bible and we're like, oh, you know, Mary and Daniel and Joseph, they were so amazing and they were so special. They must have like been born with like, you know, a halo around their head. And what I've realized is they were just ordinary people. The big difference is they were completely surrendered and they said yes to God. That is it. That's all the requirement God needs. He just needs a willing heart somebody who's able to do the work um, and, and, you know, and who's able to, you know, no matter what their mistakes, because we all know, even if you look at King David, everyone thinks he was this fabulous king, but he, we know he messed up real bad. Mm -hmm. But when God saw him as a kid, he saw something in him that he could use because he was teachable, he was surrendered, and he was he was willing to do what God wanted him to do. Like I always liken the story of, you know, we all know the story of when David killed Goliath and everyone's like, whoa, what a hero. And that's why I believe Mindset's so important because if you think about the story, really, back when he was there, his 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 brothers had been camped out, you know, uh, in the valley opposite to where Goliath and his camps were, and in the Bible it says that every day that Goliath would come out taunting them and teasing them and mean, saying mean things, like really like verbally abusing them, and then so David comes along and you know he's like, I'm going to go take my brothers some um, some food and put some, you know, in my rucksack. And he's like, hey, bros, how's it going? Why are you all so sad? What's with the long faces? And he's like, oh, we're, in, we're not going to win. There's this guy, Goliath out there. He's taunting us. So David goes out the tent, looks at this dude and, like, sees him acting, like, belligerently and, you know, shouting profanities. And he's like, oi, did you just insult my God? I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. So out he takes a, a stone and throws his stone and whacks him dead. So he, he, he severed him from his mind. And he took action because he was not privy and being in this environment of being, you know, abused mentally and being told what an idiot or how bad or how stupid he was. He didn't 
believe that because he had stayed focused on God. And the other thing to remember is God didn't say, expect him, like he even tried to put the armor on and it weren't going to help because if it doesn't, if it doesn't fit, if the outfit doesn't fit, it's not going to work for you. What tools worked mm -hmm. for him was the smooth stone, the sling, because he spent hours and hours and hours on the brook looking after his sheep, minding his own business, practicing. So God will always use what we already have. He doesn't expect mm -hmm. us to be something we're not. And that's where it, it ties back to the people-pleasing things. If we stop trying to please everyone and wear somebody else's shoes, like I have this saying that I created a Pinterest graphic that says, Trying to wear someone else's shoes is ill-fitting, uncomfortable, and not my style. Because what is the point of walking in someone else's shoes if they clearly don't fit? So, you know, that's why we need to think, you know, are we doing things in a way, using the tools, wearing the outfit, being in the situation to please everybody else? Because we cannot be effective if we are in walking someone else's path. So that's why it's so important to understand that, you know, we ha all have a champion within us. We yeah. all have that calling that God's, he's looking, he searches, the roaming the earth, looking for people willing. If we're just willing to say, okay, God, use me however you want. I will give up my, uh, my control freaks anonymous card. I will stop trying to be perfect. You just use the loaves and fishes that I'm giving you. And it might not feel like much, but God is the God of multi multiplicity. He is the one who helps to grow that as long as we're willing and able and will surrender, he will do great things in us. Man, this is incredible. Um, Mamika, uh, I, I just, one word is, wow, this is so deep, so rich, so potentially fruitful. If people will grab a hold of this, how, how do people, um, all of our listeners, and I'm telling you right now, I want you to connect with her, get these books in your hands, especially this brand new one, Heart of a Champion. How do people connect with you? What's the best way? Definitely. Well, I always say no matter where you are, wherever you find me, connect with me on my home base, which is my website, which is mamikacooney.com. And for our audio listeners, it's M-I-M-I-K-A-C-O-O-N-E-Y.com. And on my website, I have a bunch of resources. Like every book I write, I have a free resource. So there's prayer guides and there's checklists. Um, so definitely come along and once you grab one of those, you'll get on my email list and you will get regularly information about my podcast, which is Mamika TV. We are in season five now. We've been going since 2013. And just like you, I love to have a, a platform to be able to share things where I do teach, you know, offer some teaching and sharing and mentoring. Um, and then if people want to work with me, I, I, I do group mentoring as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching um, and all the information if they want to learn more about me. And I'm on all social media platforms as Mamika Cooney. And um, all my uh, podcast interviews are also video, so you can always watch us as well as listen. So we're on all the audio uh, platforms like Stitcher and uh, Apple iTunes and all those good places. But definitely, I would invite you to come to mamikacuni.com and come grab one of my downloads, and let's connect there. Folks, please do. I, I was scratching notes feverishly here, and I just got to tell you, uh, Mimika, my three takeaways is – the scarcity versus abundance. Man, that's powerful. We got to get rid of scarcity and get a hold of abundance. And then I had number two, denial cannot be an option. You got to deal with it. And then number three, and I want people to all of us to embrace this. I'm an encourager. You're an encourager. But encouragers need encouragement. And the best way to become encouraged is to give encouragement. And I want to encourage you, Mamika 
right now that to tell you that you've encouraged me and I appreciate it so very much. And I know you've encouraged all of our viewers and listeners as well. And um, I certainly can't wait to um, see our relationship grow and to see you uh, again, come back on again. I would be so honored to have that. That'd be so cool. And um, there's people out there right now that are um, in the same place you were. What are you going to tell them in their final words? Well, I would just say, you know, don't give up hope. You are not alone because a lot of the time when we go through hard things, the enemy tries to keep us in isolation, especially if we think about the world we're living in and how we are kept separate from everyone else. That is really how we are. We, we, we are on our own and we ha- we left our own devices with our own thoughts. Sometimes we can get to up to all sorts of trouble. So let me encourage you today that you reach out, find resources, read books, listen to podcasts, look, watch videos, connect with other people. Broaden your mindset because at the end of the day, you can only grow personally when you have awareness. You know, you, living in denial is not an option anymore. We have to deal with these issues. If we want breakthrough, we can no, no longer throw our own pity parties and be victims in the corner. We have to decide today whether we are willing to stand up, do the hard work, and be the, vic- the victors we want to be. Because there, there, are, there only are two ways, is to go through something. And the only way to endure that is to push through and embrace the pain because without pain, there's no gain, right? Mm. And that's why I'm ex- I'm excited to share that with people and just to embrace that, um, that, that sort of get, go-getter, everyone can do this. It's not just a sugar-coated, yay, 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 being a cheerleader. Like, no, people who know me will get connected to me, know that I am a straight shooter. I'm going to tell you that ain't working. Like one thing I didn't mention earlier was um, I actually do uh, competitive figure skating, but I was not a skater as a kid. I learned to skate at the age of 33 after going to the rink with my daughter on a on a on a birthday party and realized it's something I always wanted to do. Now my background is a ballet dancer, and we were always taught, you know, straight back, shoulders back, tight. You cannot do that on the ice. It's counterintuitive. You will fall over. So as a as a personal mission. For the last 10 years, I have been retraining my mind and my body and my muscle memory to adapt to this new way of doing things. And, and the only way to do that is to through repetition, doing it again and again. I've had a coach that I show up at the rink every week. Every Tuesday, she knows I'm going to be there and she will not let me off the hook because accountability is important. I would much rather stay at home in my jammies, thank you very much. But if she's not going to tell me to get off my, my tushes and get myself on the ice, whether I feel like it or not, some days are good days, some days are bad days. I even arrived there uh, when I'd got sick the one day and she's like, you don't look well enough. You need to turn around and go home. But I made myself go there. So I would encourage people today that make sure that if you want to grow, first of all, you make the decision that it's time for change. Denial is out the window. Second of all is being aware that there is a problem because if we don't realize we have a problem, we cannot fix it. And thirdly is to make the decision and to take the baby steps. So whether it's Go for a walk each day or change your diet or read a positive book or listen to a podcast or start <coughs> writing the book that you want by by journaling. Start with baby steps because there's a thing called compound interest. You know, Einstein uh, came up with the theory of relativity and all that kind of stuff. But the most important thing he talked about was compound interest, that little disciplines practiced every day will eventually result in the success that you need to get to where you are. It's not this overnight success thing that, oh my gosh, I'm just going to put it in the microwave and for two seconds and it'll be done. 
Sorry, honey, that's not life. So I'm really excited about being able to share this and training uh, with the book that's coming out, as well as a, a mentorship program that's going to accompany the book to help people walk through this process. Because I know the importance of accountability. I can hand you a book and it's great and life gets busy. But if someone's not going to say, I'm going to see you Tuesday, we're going to show up and do this, it's not going to happen. So I'm ex really excited about connecting with people and sharing those resources. That is so powerful. And uh, really, I want to encourage you folks to listen to this again and again. Really, and as always, uh, I, I'm appreciative to our guests, but especially you, Mamika. I just really want to thank you for uh, for sharing these. Um, these are not pearls of wisdom. These are boulders of wisdom. And I'm <laughs> grateful for that. So, well, so thank, thank you for you. having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> It's awesome. Folks, that is Mamika Cooney, mamikacooney.com. All the links will be at the bottom and all of her resources are there on the website. Get in there, connect, connect with this, uh, this warrior. She is, and she will help you. Uh, I'm getting on there and I'm going to start downloading some resources because I want to be on our list and I want you to get on our list too. And I mean that with all of my heart. Uh, folks, as always, we're grateful. For you to be here with us today and as as i always ask you subscribe find out who's coming what's coming next and don't let the things we've talked about today and other things that we've talked about before steal your best health you're more valuable than that and there's a plan for your life that god has it's so big so amazing let him have all of your life and you'll experience exactly what mamika talked about today Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.